0: Hello and welcome to the Sales Report, where we will learn how alumni from one of the world's top sales programs have found success in their career and their life. Michigan State University graduates will discuss their professional journeys and the skills, knowledge, and habits required to be top performers. Michigan State Sales Leadership minor leverages the strength of two nationally ranked colleges, the Broad College of Business and the College of Communications, Arts, and Sciences. I'm your host, Sydney DeHorn, and today we have Mario McLean. Welcome, Mario.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and I share my experiences with everybody.
0: Well, we're excited to have you. And, And just so you know, Mario, the goal of this podcast is to really highlight the success of our MSU sales leadership minor alumni, which of course includes you. So we are excited to hear all about how you have gotten to where you're at today and We know a little bit about you so far. So you graduated from Michigan State in 2015. You majored in marketing. And then, of course, the sales communication uh, was your minor. And also, I know we touched base on this for a second before, before we started this, but you received your master's or your MBA from Northwood University in 2019. And currently, you are district manager at Dollar General can you start off by telling us a little bit about your journey and how you've gotten to that role today?
1: Yes. Yeah, so uh, just one small correction. So when I was at State, I yes. majored in communication, uh, not, not marketing, um, but I
0: can kind not of expound
1: marketing. on that. Yes.
0: Okay. Okay. Majored but, in marketing. Got it.
1: Yes. So, um, when I was at State, I, uh, I initially started off at a mar- as a marketing major. Um, however, um, if you all know, accounting 201 and 202 are uh, some pretty challenging courses. And uh, because of <laughs> not being able to uh, make it past accounting 201 and 202 kind of messed up my business GPA, which caused me to then swap and pursue a communications degree. Um, but I really I always knew that marketing and sales was something I wanted to do. And so uh, when I found out about the sales com specialization, that is then when I look to go that route. And that's kind of how I decided to major in communication and minor in sales. Um, when I was at Michigan State, I initially, my freshman year, I joined the MSU Marketing Association. Um, because mm-hmm. again, that's when I was starting off as a marketing major. And I just wanted to be involved in a, a student organization that would kind of help me um, focus and hone in on my major. That year, as a freshman, I was one of two freshmen who were actually bold enough to apply to be on the e-board the e and made it, uh, me and uh, Zach Doerr, um, and so I was on the e-board from my freshman year to my senior year, even though I wasn't a marketing major, um, I, I still was able to be on the e-board in, in a marketing association, so I was able to really, you know, um, talk to recruiters and just really make sure that I was setting myself up for a good career path, and When I joined the specialization, I made sure that I was an active member um, in GSLS, um, which was also a good way for me to continue to hone in on my my selling skills and things of that nature. Um, And then just to kind of go from when I graduated at Michigan State, I started my career off at Frito-Lay as a district manager. Um, So right out of the gate, I was handed the keys to run an $8 million district where I was managing 12 route sales reps at the time. An amazing experience uh, as a 21-year-old kid, you know, coming right out of college to be given uh, a tremendous amount of responsibility. Uh, it was, again, a, a lot of learning along the way, right? You're you're managing mm-hmm. people who are almost twice or even three times my age. Um, and as you can imagine, there was a, a lot of a learning that I had. But um, so I worked at Frito-Lay. I've had uh, a few roles. Uh, I was on our small format side, um, which which was where I started off where the driver's service, you know, gas station, dollar stores, mom and pop stores. Um, so I did that for about three and a half years. And then after that, I switched over to our large format side, um, which essentially is the same thing. But I was uh, now overseeing 12 route sales reps. Um, and the, the volume that we did as a district was about 18 million. And we service, you know, the bigger stores such as Meijer, um, Kroger, Walmart, or what have you. Um, and so I did that, mm-hmm. um, and then I did that for about a year and then, uh, for about eight months after that, I was a part of a new project, um, where I was our retail account manager and essentially I no longer was directly managing the team. I was managing accounts. So I had a uh, 58 accounts again, Meyer, Walmart, Sam's club, um, target, and I was responsible for doing all of our incremental selling. So I would go out to the stores and be looking to, you know, sell incremental displays, to to make sure that we were good and uh, full for, you know, upcoming holidays and key selling events. When I was at Frito-Lay, about my second year in, I decided to go back to school um, to get my MBA at Northwood. And at that time, when I was in this new role, after I graduated in 2019, you know, I just really wanted to um, utilize my degree to the best of my ability and and jump back on the uh, job market. And at that time, Mm -hmm. I got recruited uh, by Audi, Um, to be a district manager. Um, And so I made the switch to be a district manager at Aldi, um, where essentially I was overseeing four locations at this point in time, uh, which made up about 50 plus staff. And I was responsible for overseeing all the operational aspects um, within the stores, right, hiring, firing, um, making sure that we're executing um, any company Initiatives and strategies, um, so a lot of a lot of leadership. So if I had to compare the two, I would say Frito Lay was more of a selling uh, job, where Audi was more so focused on the leadership aspect of it. And so I started my career at Audi about two weeks into uh, before the pandemic. Um, so my career there, I like to call it was on steroids, and um, <laughs> <laughs> so it was pretty fast paced. And mm-hmm. I had uh, my second child at this time. So it was a lot going on. And uh, about a year and a half into that role, I um, you know, I just decided, hey, this isn't something I can see myself doing long term. And I just decided mm-hmm. to just kind of step back and just take a break. Because when you have kids, your time becomes extremely valuable. Um, and so I made the decision to kind of step away from that role. And I'm now in the role that I'm in now, which is a, a, still a district manager at Dollar General. Um, So I'm about two months into the the role right now. Um, But essentially, uh, once I get my district and get assigned, I'll be overseeing between 18 to 22 locations. And again, we'll be responsible for all the operational aspects within the store, um, making sure the store managers are um, training their teams, uh, developing, we're growing sales, and things of that nature. So in a nutshell, from a career perspective, that is how I managed to get from my role coming out of Michigan State in 2015 to where I'm currently am right now in 2021.
0: Well, first off, congratulations. It sounds like you've had multiple roles and you completed your MBA and you've had multiple children. And so, I mean, all incredible milestones. So congratulations to you. Thank you. So I'm curious, I I heard a little bit about how you started at Frito-Lay and it was more of a selling position. And then, then you switched over to Aldi and was more of a leadership position. And now you're at Dollar General, which you haven't been there for too long now. But what has been your favorite so far and why?
1: Out of all the roles that I've had? Yes. That's a tough one. I would say... I'll, I'll say this. I'll say that out of the, the three roles that I've had or the three companies that I worked at each have taught me a little something different. So I'll say at Frito-Lay, um, it was a lot of networking. I developed some great relationships there. Um, you know, even some of my drivers um, who I manage right now, um, because I had Dollar Generals when I was at Frito-Lay and the district that i'm training in i still know a lot of the drivers who service you know the, um, the city of detroit and things of that nature so as i'm running into those um drivers now out in the stores they still remember me and prior to that they would always call me and check in um, so i'll say one just the networking and the relationships that i've been able to build um, have taught me a lot um, and then at Aldi, really just the leadership, you know, Audie, they give you a lot of responsibility, but they're, they're a lot focused on the leadership of the district manager. So it was a lot of trainings that I went through, um, a lot of, you know, feedback, and I've been able to be very comfortable with delivering, I would say negative feedback, which is something that's very hard to do, um, but you do it quite often at Audi, where it mm-hmm. just kind of has become a part of my routine and just coming into Dollar General they're growing pretty fast as a company. So as a company, they are opening up about a thousand stores per year, right? And so as you can imagine with that, that creates new opportunities for, um, you know, assistant store managers to become store managers. And so what we're seeing now is that, you know, an assistant store manager might get promoted a bit early on, and so they need a lot of training. And so with that, with me having, you know, my experiences uh, prior to joining Dollar General, I'll be able to now, you know, help set, um plan development plans for the store manager, um, you know, and just really focus on their training so that they can see the things that that I see, and then really just kind of help the company grow uh, as a whole. So I'll say all of my experiences have taught me something. And as I continue to grow, I'll just continue to take on, you know, best practices um, that I've learned along the way.
0: That's amazing. I definitely am excited to hear more about those experiences that you've had. But I know, so you're at Dollar General now, and you said you're managing 22 locations, is that right?
1: Yeah, so I'm unassigned right now, but when I get my district, that's typically average between about 18 to 22 um, locations is what district managers have.
0: And I know you also mentioned a little bit about uh, assistant store managers and then you know, the promotion process to the store manager. What, can you tell us a little bit about your day-to-day um, in terms of managing each of those locations, what what does your job look like, in terms of making sure that each of those locations is is managed the right way, managed properly, and and also what's your favorite part of each day?
1: Yeah, so I'll start with the favorite part. My favorite part um, of just being in multi-unit management is that every day is different. Every day presents um, different challenges, mm-hmm. um, and it and mm-hmm. it really boils down to how do you organize yourself um, as an individual? Because at the end of the day, if my team is performing good, it's a reflection of my leadership. If it's performing bad, it's a reflection of my leadership, right? So just really taking that accountability and, you know, really honing in on the opportunities and figure out how can we get the problem solved at the end of the day. Um, And as far as what day-to-day looks like for me as a district manager, it's a lot of leading Um, when you're not in a building, right? So it's a lot of either conference calls or looking through reports and just making sure that the team is all organized and on the same page. Um, It's a lot of holding people accountable and and just really setting clear goals. And a large portion of it too is just constant follow-ups, right? Because there's no way I can be in 22 locations at one time, right? So I have Mm -hmm. to organize myself in a way that, you know, when I'm in one of my stores that the other 21 stores are all on the same page. Um, and so again, it comes down to organizing myself. So on a Monday is typically a, a day where I will work from home and, and just kind of sift through reports, you know, checking the business, see how do we end out the, the prior week. Um, and then on, on that Monday, you know, I'm really getting all of my notes together. Um, again, going through a lot of financials. So then on Tuesday we set up a conference call amongst the district. We'll talk about, hey, this was the game plan for last week. This is how we ended up. What are we looking for moving forward? Um, And so it requires a lot on my end, a lot of future outlook. And by doing that, I'm just really a support system for my store managers. So a lot right now that anybody who's in retail will tell you is staffing. right like it's it's staffing is a challenge right now being uh, in the environment that we're in so you know I'll look at you know what is the staffing plan for a particular store so for example one store depending on the sales volume should have one store manager two assistant store managers two lead associates and one or two part-time associates right so the first thing that I need to do is want to understand what the hiring and staffing needs are for a particular location and hold my store manager accountable to it right so if a store manager comes to me and say hey we're short staff my follow-up is okay what are we doing to get the store staff do we have are we actively hiring? Are you having any challenges with with, you know, getting um, people in the, uh, the system? You know, just so that's the first point, just to see what is my store manager doing? Um, do they take the time out of their day to get to the root problem? Um, a lot of my job is figuring out the root cause, because um, as I've grown throughout the years, I've been able to understand that Band-Aid solutions uh, are only short-term uh, wins and short-term fixes. So I try to focus mm-hmm. on a long-term uh, aspect in my management skills and really figuring out, you know, why does this problem exist today and what can we do so that it doesn't happen again in the future? And I think when you put that hat on as a manager, um, it goes a long way and it makes your job uh, a, lot, uh, a lot easier. So, again, on a day-to-day, it's, it's really a lot of... Um, looking through reports, talking to my team, um, making sure we're executing, doing store walks, you know, talking through what my expectations are for a particular store, and most importantly, making sure that the store manager is looking at things from the customer's perspective. Um, that's what I try to focus on, because when they're so involved in a the day-to-day, they tend to forget about what the customer see, and so that's where I come in and just really Absolutely. try to um, help make it make the customer um, the focus so
0: sure sure you're const- you're constantly mentioning how you're talking to to new store managers and and making sure that the customer stays top of mind and you're about to manage 22 different locations what's the most important thing that you do each day to make sure that you're in contact with each of those locations or What's the most important thing that you're doing to make sure that your locations are on track?
1: Yeah, so the very first thing, we have this thing called a customer first. And much like any other retailer, when a customer purchases product, at the bottom of the receipt, there's going to be a survey, right? And that and that survey is very critical to how a business operates. So a lot of a sec on the survey is, you know, cleanliness, um, product availability, did the customer come in, were they able to get all the product that they um, needed? Was the store clean? Was the signage? So a lot of those mm-hmm. key factors that really helps make a positive customer experience. Um, and so we use that, like that is almost, that's like our Bible, right? That's how we, um, Mm-hmm. Have different conversations amongst the store because at the end of the day, it's what the customer sees. It's not a, and then I can kind of, you know, walk through and say, what are we doing from a process perspective so that each customer can have a positive experience. So we use the customer first um, surveys to really help guide our. Conversation. So if I have a store that you know has a thirty percent out of a hundred um, overall satisfaction, I'll dig deeper, right, and figure out, hey, what specific time period is this happening? Um, you know, is it late at night um, on a on a Saturday or, or we're very busy, right? We don't have time to clean the store um, type of thing. So I really dive deep into the surveys um, because again, that's what the customer sees, um, and then I mm-hmm. really try to. Focus on individual stores to to get to the root cause. I don't adopt a cookie cutter approach because every store is different, right? Every store has different store managers. Every store might have a different uh, personality style, um, and so that's what I do um, to really help make change from a customer perspective.
0: How have you gained confidence in your career to to make sure that you're doing all these right things and and managing people the way that they? react the best to you?
1: Yeah, so what I've learned, and I learned a lot of this in my MBA, is just really knowing how to adjust your style. You can't, like, you can't have one style of leadership, right? So there may be sometimes you might need to adopt a democratic leadership, right? There may be times where you need to ask for, um, you know, your teammates' thoughts. Hey, what do you all think? you know? And so I do a good job of one, getting to know my team, getting to know what makes people tick first. And I'm also a realist, right? Like I understand reality at the end of the day. So I try to use all of the experiences that I've gained either in, in the classroom and even just throughout my real world experiences and use them as seasonings based off of different scenarios. Um, and I think by doing that, at the end of the day, as a manager, you need to show mm-hmm. your team uh, empathy, right? But at the end of the day, you also have a, a job to perform, right? <laughs> and so I think yes. you really have to have that balance. And, and, and honestly, it's not an easy thing to do. But I think that what makes it easy is just the constant um, repetition of being in scenarios and really learning. Like I've made a ton of mistakes along the way. I'll probably make a ton more. But I use mm-hmm. a lot of those mistakes mm-hmm. to help me better uh, moving forward. So that's what I'll do. If it's something I've seen before, I'll use that an example. Say, hey, I saw this happen in the past. This is what we should do differently so that doesn't happen again. So that's what I do. I I really like to um, leverage my mistakes and, and use that to help someone succeed moving forward.
0: There's probably a lot of students in the sales minor that are going to listen to this podcast and want to hear advice or hear about those mistakes. Can you share one or two of the mistakes that you've made that you have learned from that you have totally changed your method of of working because of that mistake and, and how it's impacted you moving forward?
1: Absolutely. So I think the biggest mistake that I've made early on in my career is uh, it's this idea of called taking back responsibility, and the the key the key learning you'll learn from that. So what I mean by taking back responsibility is that when you give someone a task and they don't do it, I used to always would just do it for them because mm-hmm. I just wanted the job done at the end of the day, right? I think a lot of people revert yes. to this strategy because it's the easiest thing to do. However, when right, you, right. when you <laughs> however when you do this, <laughs> you're not teaching that person a lesson. So now they're going to say, okay, hey, my boss came to my store. He told me to fix this. I didn't fix it. He fixed it for me. So this is what's going to continue to happen, right? And that's the Mm -hmm. wrong message to send. And so when I was at Frio, lay I had this uh, particular driver where every time i come in a store conditions would <laughs> would not be the best and i would just give them i would give them tasks to do i would follow up their what they were not done and i would just do it mm-hmm. for them and in this particular store my direct manager shops in the store right so uh, anybody in sales or anybody in retail, when your manager shops in your store, you're typically going to get a lot of communication from them, right? And mm-hmm. it just became, you know, um, a very drawn-out situation. That had I, in the beginning, you know, set clear expectation, followed up, and held them accountable the first time, it wouldn't have happened again, right? And so right. what, I, what right. I've learned is, one, don't take back responsibility. Hold people accountable. And if you do that, again, it'll make your job a lot easier moving forward. Um, and also, I think accountability is huge because you want your team to really focus on things that are important to you. And by doing that, it's just really about setting those clear goals, holding them accountable and follow up. Follow up mm-hmm. is so important because mm-hmm. it just really drills the point home like, okay, we had a conversation. I didn't do it. We're going to have another conversation. I didn't do it. We'll have, you know what I mean. So it it helps you be a lot more disciplined as a leader. Yeah,
0: such good advice there. And I feel like when I was going through college, even high school, and this might have been more expressed to me by my parents because they're both in business. But I was constantly being harped on for following up with people. And you know, I know you just mentioned that. Can you share an example of what that would look like? I feel like when we're in college, sometimes. We are told, hey, if you go to an interview, send a thank you note, but we don't actually know what that looks like. So share an example of what a a good follow-up would be in a situation that you experience on a day-to-day.
1: Yeah, so let's say, for example, if I walk in one of my stores and we do a detail store walk and we assign... um, I give them tasks. And the biggest thing on following following up that will make it a lot easier is that timeline. I think that's one thing as a leader, we may give things that need to get done, but we never add that time piece. And so if I'm in a store and I say, hey, I, I need you to do X, Y, Z, and I need this done in seven days, mm-hmm. immediately that lets that person know that on seven days, this task needs to be complete. So, and what's very important as a leader is that you come back on that seventh day and it shouldn't be anything to talk about, right? Like it should be very easy because you're both on the same page. Um, So one, as far as making follow-up easy is establishing, you know, a time commitment. The other thing too, that'll make follow-up a lot easier is getting the person who you're talking to, to be involved in what the decision- or outcomes should look like, right? So if the mm-hmm. goal is to, if you give them a goal, ask them what would they do to accomplish that goal, right? And so by doing that, they're gonna be now a lot more driven to perform this task because they're the one that came up with it, right? It's different from me telling them to do something than them saying, hey, this is what I'll do by X date. Um, so I think really getting that person involved in the decision-making goes a long way and it also gets their buy-in. So essentially, When it comes to follow-up is, one, getting that person's buy-in, and then, two, as a leader, following up on whatever that established timeline was set. And then the third point to bring it all home is, Mm -hmm. if it was set, say, hey, great job, right? And I think that's one thing that we tend to do as leaders is tend to be so focused on the negatives that we tend to kind of walk over the positives, right? So if you set a timeline, they did the task, great job. If they didn't do the task, follow back up again, and then from there, if that task is completed, then you move to a step of discipline, right? So I think just really kind of having that action map, if you will, um, and it'll mm-hmm. really help make follow-up go a lot smoother.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's really good advice. And, you know, if if someone that you've given an action to has a question, they can obviously ask you, right? And that's the power of communicating and making sure that they know exactly what it is that you're asking from them. Absolutely. Well Mario, I have I have one more question for you as we as we round this out. I had the opportunity to talk to you for about 2 minutes before this started and I heard that you have your own podcast and it's called Mindfulness with Mario, a little bit about business, fashion and relationships and I think it's just so cool that you also have your own podcast because, you know, we just started this the sales report and I want to hear a little bit more about that and just you know, give us a little snippet about it and we'll we'll make sure that we follow you after this too.
1: Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So um, I am uh, a public speaker. Um, So one thing I didn't note on here is when I graduated at Michigan State, I was our student commencement speaker. Um, and so after it went on to do a lot of, you know, keynotes and, and speaking engagements. And so I'm big on, you know, really focusing and honing in on my craft. And so I decided to take on a podcast one because I do public speaking. Um, and also, it was just something that I felt I would be able to network with people in particular fields. Um, and so the three segments that uh, mindfulness of Mario has is relationships. And I did a segment on that just because I married my high school sweetheart. Uh, We've been together over about 12 years now. We have two kids and I just felt like, you know, it'll be great to have, you know, controversial topics um, with other, you know, married individuals and and things of that nature. Um, And then from a business aspect, I've been in, in business since I graduated, even since I was in high school, you know, business was something that always stood out to me. Um, and so, one, I looked at it as an opportunity to network with people within the community for them to shed light on their businesses, whether it was startups or established businesses, and just really just have some some great conversations. Um, and then, fashion, I dress up uh, almost every day, and you know, I actually wrote a book as well. It's called Every Day as an Interview, and it's something that I uh, really. Don't take lightly, and I and I try to live every day as if I have an interview to go to. Um, and so, in that fashion aspect, I really just talk about you know about the image, right? And I give you know nuggets as far as professional dress and and things of that nature. So, though the podcast was created as one as an opportunity for me to just continue to hone in on my craft, but also just to shed light on other individuals who are looking to do the same thing. So that can be found on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, and other uh, podcasts networks. I did take a break uh, early this year after I had my second kid. This was a lot going on in my life, but uh, definitely looking forward to uh, get back into uh, doing more recording.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Mario. So it's called Mindfulness with Mario, and we can just type that in and, and search you from there, right? Correct. Okay, awesome. And then the book, just to clarify, is Every Day is an Interview, right? Yes,
1: and that is on Amazon.
0: Okay, awesome! I'm excited. I'm gonna I'm gonna order that and read it, and I'll I'm gonna get back to you on that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> good, good. Well, Mario, thank you so much for for joining us today and sharing your advice and your input and telling us about your journey.
1: Absolutely, I'm excited to be here. I'm honored, and uh, best of luck with the uh, rest of the recording.
0: Thank you. Well, thanks also. Thank you all so much for listening today. Please be sure to follow Mario on LinkedIn and listen in on the remainder of the Sales Report podcasts. You can find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts.